didn't speak a lot. And, you know, I used to get to travel the world. It was quite a privilege with a, a job that I had as overseeing some of our missions work around the world. And you never know where you go how they do church. And so you kind of just sit back and hang on. So uh, you don't know how I do church, and I don't know how you do church. So just sit back and hang on. How's that? I don't know what time we're supposed to be done, so I'm just going to keep going until somebody does this, you know? So if i got five minutes, just give me this, and we'll be good. If I've got five hours, just go ahead and nod off. We'll be, we'll be good. Well, um, it, it really is a, a privilege and an honor, and I, I, don't just say, I don't say things I don't mean. And so when I say things like that, it's not because I'm the guest and that's what you're supposed to say. Um, I, I just don't roll like that. Um, and uh, I, it truly is. I'm trying to find my Bible. So it truly is a, an honor and a, a privilege for me uh, to join with you out here. Um, I, I planted a church with 10 people um, about 10 years ago. And uh, through that, we've just seen the Lord bless it and, and grow it. And um, we, just like you guys, bought our first building and um, it's a 1962 Episcopal church that I don't think anybody's touched since 1972. <laughs> so just like you, we're painting and remodeling, except we're broke. So <laughs> we had to pay a lot of money. Um, and uh, for our first Sunday, somebody flushed the toilet and it didn't work. And so um, I had to replace 84 feet of sewer line. Um, so it's been a, it's been a journey. Um, and so, uh, Edgy, what a, what a great man you are. What a blessing it is to be with you and your, your sheep tonight. Um, I, I'm married to 20, 26 or 27 years, and I'm really glad my wife's not here. <laughs> um, and uh, 1991, so 26 years, 27 years. Um, and... Uh, we've got two kids. Uh, my daughter's 25, and uh, she's on staff with us at the church. She went to a Bible college and graduated, and she works with our youth and oversees big events. And uh, my son um, is 23, almost 24, and um, he works with autistic kids. And um, he just got married about a month ago and married a girl right here from the Inland Empire. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, she attended one of our Foursquare churches here, and uh, her name's Jasmine, and uh, was a basketball player in high school, so some of you might have played against her, so I won't tell you her last name, because you might not like her, so <laughs> we like her, um, so, uh, she, so we're on a new journey uh, as a family, and uh, just, just having fun. It is good to be with the Lord, isn't it? It is good. I can't tell you it's all happy all the time. Because Jesus actually said these words. In this world you will have troubles of many kinds. That's the one I want to rip out of the Bible. Anybody ever read a scripture and you go, man, I wish that wasn't in there. Jesus' very words. If you have that red letter Bible, it's in red. That means Jesus said it. Here's what he promised you. You're going to have troubles. But then he said this, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad we have the Lord? So um, I, I turned 50 this year. So I'm on a new journey of learning how to be old and overweight, not young and overweight. So um, I'm going through all the, the doctor's tests and 
um, and I'm the same place I was five years ago. I'm on the high side of average of everything. So they're like, you're not a diabetic, but you're close. <laughs> you don't have heart problems, but you're close. <laughs> you know, your cholesterol's close. Everything's close. So I said, whew, just made it by the skin of my teeth. Um, I, I mountain bike for fun. Any, any mountain bikers here? One. 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 All right. Um, you and me, bros. Right? Um, so I mountain bike for fun. I also restore cars um, for fun. So uh, most of what I've restored has been Volkswagens. Um, if you're a Volkswagen and I say type 1 and type 2, you'll know what that means. Um, and uh, and uh, just last weekend bought a 66 Mustang. So that's my new project. Um, and uh, my wife and I dated. When we dated, I had a 66 Mustang. So um, I told her, honey, this will be the car that I build. I'm going to spend a whole lot of money over like 30 years. I'll be 80 when it's done. But this will be the one that I keep. This, will be not, this won't be the one that I sell. Um, this will be the one. So she's used to always me having some sort of a car that I'm sanding on. She calls them my mistress because um, she's like, I had to tell her to stop saying that because people from the church would call and it's like, oh, she's like, oh, he's in the backyard with his mistress. <laughs> like, honey, you probably shouldn't say that. Um, and so she'd, she'd say, but here's, here's what she'd say. Like, I'd just kind of be staring off into space and she'd go, you're thinking about her, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what color to paint her. Yeah, I could tell. And then I'd be out sanding her, you know, and she'd be like, you, you want to just get your hands on her, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I do. So, so the Mustang I just bought, um, the license plate, the original black and yellow license plate is SUZ001. Um, so we've already named her Susie. Right. So the trouble's going to be when she's like, oh, he's, you know, he's out feeling Susie, you know. <laughs> We're going to be in serious trouble. So that's, uh, that's kind of the snapshot of, of my life and, and who I am and uh, how, how I got to be here. I, I have the privilege of overseeing um, 38 churches in the Orange County and the Inland Empire. And, and really my job is just to tell pastors good job. And uh, I love doing that. And so Edgy's uh, one of the pastors uh, in the area here. Um, and so I, every chance I get, which isn't as often as I would like it to be. Um, I just get to say, hey, Edgy, good job, good job, uh, doing a great thing. So it's a privilege to be with you guys. Um, uh, any, uh, uh, I'll help the person doing the PowerPoint kind of cue you along, right? Is that good? Um, any of you ever been around anything dead? What's, what's the, like, the one thing you know? It smells, doesn't it? it, it, it and so... We, um, we had a side yard, and that's where I used to keep my cars in the side yard. And uh, one, one morning, my wife goes, um, something stinks in the side yard. Now, we have possum problems. Um, and so um, I said, all right, honey, you know. And so I run out, and I'm kind of looking around the side yard, and it, it's bad. I mean, it's, it, it stinks. And I can't find anything. And I've got a little wood pile, and I'm looking under my wood pile. It's not there. I'm looking in the car. Maybe something died in it. You know, it's not there. Gave me another reason to hang out there. And, um, and so I, I can't find anything. And so a little bit later, like about a you know, day, day and a half, my wife's going, honey, it, it really stinks. You've got to go find what, what died. And so I looked around and looked around. I couldn't find anything. Couldn't find anything. And so I'm like, babe, I can't, I can't find anything. And then 
as I'm walking away, there's, there's a trash can. And I noticed by the trash can, it got, it got pretty strong. Well, the, the trash can where I kind of had it sitting is because we have an apple tree, and the apples just fall to the ground all the time, so at least if I put a trash can there, it'd catch some of them, so I didn't have to bend over and pick up. And so I, I look in that. Come on, fat people problems. Come on. That's what it is. Don't laugh at me, skinny people. Old man problems who were because their kids want them to wear skinny jeans, and you can't bend over. This is just real talk, all right? You guys okay with this? This is just how I roll. This, this is it. It doesn't get any better. It doesn't get worse either, so that's good news. But this is it. It, it doesn't get any better than this. So you just got to roll with me. I, you'll never see me again. You'll say, hey, Edgy, don't bring that guy ever back. It, we're cool, right? Edgy did his responsibility, you know, and we're, we're good. And so uh, I, I finally, I, I peek into this trash can, and there was, at one time, a possum who decided to hang out in that trash can and eat all the apples he wanted. The problem is he couldn't get out of that trash can. So that possum really didn't exist anymore, but there was this poof of hair with a tail that was once a possum. And, and really, I always kind of try to boil my message down. We've got three points we'll get through in just a minute. But, but really, I, I, tr- I kind of try to drive one point home. And, and here's the one point. If, if you don't remember anything else I say, remember this. Death stinks. Death stinks. Um, in fact, that's, that's the only thing uh, I, I really want you to catch on to point number two is probably a good one to remember but but death stinks death stinks so we're gonna read the bible and and i have it on screen for you um in john chapter 11 john chapter 11 seven times in in the book of john jesus says i am um and so i know that that edgy's doing a series on our pastor edgy on uh, i am's and i thought i would just grab one of the times that jesus said well i am um, and so seven times in, in the book of John, um, Jesus says, I am. He says, I am the shepherd. I am the, I am the, the bread of life. And, and this particular story um, is when Lazarus dies. Um, how many of you know this story? Um, part of the, the scripture, we're not going to actually read down that far. Um, but actually, I think we will. Uh, no, we won't. Um, but it's, it's the shortest verse in the Bible, right? If you want to memorize scripture, Jesus wept, right? Shortest phrase, part of this story. Um, and so uh, let's read it out loud together. Can we do that? So um, I use the New Living. That's what's on screen. You might use something different. That's fine. Uh, but let's read it, this one out loud together. It says, a man named Lazarus was sick, and he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God. So the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, He stayed where he was for the next two days. 
Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going there again? And Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of daylight every day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But at night, there is no danger of stumbling. Oh, there is a danger, sorry, of stumbling because they have no light. And then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. And the disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. And they thought Jesus meant that Lazarus was simply sleeping. But Jesus meant Lazarus had died. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now, you will really believe. Come on, let's go see him. And Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go too and die with Jesus. By the way, that's just like the greatest part of the story because Thomas is clueless. He's not catching this at all. He's still hooked on the Bethany thing. Right, Jesus, don't go back to Bethany. They hate you there. And he's like, nope, we're going there. And he's like, then I'm going to go die with you too. And sir, Jesus just like, all right, just come on. Right? So when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. And Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many of the people had... Come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know what God will give you, whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Now, we're not going to read the rest of the story, but if you don't know the rest of the story, um, Jesus cries. He, He weeps. He weeps over the loss of somebody he loved deeply. Great sermon, not tonight's sermon. And then he calls out and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus comes out completely healed. And we're going to look at a few things that are significant um, in, in this story tonight. And um, I, I'm guessing, somebody, somebody give me a ballpark of when I should just be done. So somebody will like, come play, you're done. <laughs> they'll, they'll decide for me. Okay, got it. <laughs> Love how we roll up here. This is like a man pulpit right here, too. I'm like, I'm like, I'm feeling the anointing. My, my church, I, I preach from a little table. It is. And they all know that if I do this, that I'm going off my notes and something good's coming out. They all know that when pastor steps away from his notes, they get ready. And, and what happens is, is they end up Instagram or Twitter and the stupid stuff I say because I went off my notes. So I better stay, I better stay here. I love what's going on here. Mary and Martha 
Mary is the one who poured the perfume on Jesus' feet and wiped her, his feet with her hair. There's such a beautiful uh, picture of worship and relationship and humility in that. Um, there's Martha who complained that Mary wasn't helping her enough. Um, and uh, we all know that story. And then there's their brother, Lazarus, and Lazarus is sick. There's no ER, there's no urgent care, there's no doctor to take him to. There, there's nowhere for him to go. There, there are, at, at this time, there are a few, you know, home remedies. There's a few, hey, eat this plant if this doesn't feel good, or rub this plant on you if you got this rash, but, but that's about it. And, and what do you do when none of that works? You call Jesus, which is what the sisters did. Our brother is sick, and we don't know what to do. But we do know this. We can call Jesus. So they got out their cell phone, and they hit the Jesus calling. No, they, they usually send a messenger, right? And they said, Lord, somebody you love, Lazarus, your friend. This is somebody you love. He's your friend. Is, is sick. And Jesus, and, and I don't want to get into the theology of all this, Jesus decides... I'm going to just let him die. Because something great's going to happen. And you all need to see it. And I I don't understand that. I I really don't understand because when when we're not feeling well, don't we want the Lord to like, hey, come on, chop, chop. Right? Come on. Come on, Lord. I I was telling the story. I had forgotten all about it. I was preaching on healing just a few weeks ago. And I was... I was telling a story when I used to travel like a madman. In 186 days a year, I was on the road and traveling and preaching and all over the world. And I was in um, uh, Seattle and uh, preaching at a youth conference. And we got all done. And, um, and they took me out for fish. Because if you're in Seattle, you got to eat fish, right? I mean, salmon, come on. And, and, uh, and, and we got back to the, the hotel. I got back about midnight. And I had to leave at 4 to catch my shuttle to get home. And so I, I'm laying in bed, and I just get sick. I mean, I am sick. And, and I, I, I'm kind of a wimpy sick guy. And I, I don't, forgive me, ladies, I don't like to puke. I did enough of that in my drinking days, you know. Um, I, don't, I don't like to do that. It, it just it hurts. It's, and, and so I, I, I'm the guy that will, like, sweat it out. And so I'm, I'm sitting in my hotel room in Seattle, and I, I am sick. And I'm sitting on the edge of my bed, right? And I'm just, I'm on the edge. And it was a pretty big hotel room. And I'm trying to figure out if I can stand up and make it to the toilet before I puke. <laughs> so it's about 2 in the morning, and I'm literally going, as soon as I stand, it's coming. And that's about 12 steps I don't, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'd hate to be the lady that cleans this room. <laughs> and, and so I, I just said, Lord, I, I need to sleep. I'm tired. And, and I'm, I'm sick. And so, God, I, I need you to do something. And the moment I did that, I did this. <laughs> I was out. 4 a.m., my phone rings, the shuttle's there to pick me up. I'm still out. Nothing. God just slayed me right there. (laughs) I heard your prayer, Kurt. Bam! It's like that. 
That's how we want God to answer, don't you? I don't want the, you know what, Kurt? I think I'm going to let you die from this one. But don't worry. Four days, something's going to happen. We don't want to hear that, do we? We don't want to hear that. But Jesus says, hey, for four days, four days. He says, but Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. All this happened so God can get some credit and get some glory. I had a friend named Al. Al was way older than me. He's, just, he's since passed on to be with the Lord. Al was just this great, great old saint. And a part of my job when I was the, the first church I was at was to go visit people in the hospital every Thursday. Every Thursday was my hospital call day, and so I had to go visit Al in the hospital. And so I said, Al, what's going on? He said, Pastor, I don't know. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, the, the Lord woke me up and told me there was somebody here that needed to know him, and the next thing I know, I'm in an ambulance. He goes, they can't find anything wrong with me, but I led her, her, and her to the Lord. And so they're going to let me go home today. <laughs> Al's sickness will not end in death, but so that God can get the glory. I mean, he literally said, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I knew those ladies, the Lord told me these ladies needed the Lord. And so that's why I came. I'm done. He's going to let me go home now. I'm good. Got some IV. Woohoo! Right? <laughs> sickness is not caused by the Lord, but it can be used by the Lord can be used by the Lord to show his goodness. He, he created us a perfect world. We screwed it up. So anytime you say, God made me sick, no, he didn't. Amen. No, he didn't. Man made you sick. But God can get you out of it. And he can do it for his glory and his credit. And so he hangs out for a couple more days. And then all of a sudden they have this Random conversation about not going back to Bethany and going back to Bethany. And then there's a Thomas. I'm going to die with you too. Let's go, right? Here you go, Jesus. And then they go back and as they're on their way, Mary, or excuse me, Mary stays in the house, but Martha comes out and comes running to see him. And, and she says, hey, um, my brother's been dead for four days. Now, four days is significant. Um, there's a reason why. Uh, let, me, let me remind you this. I, you guys have great teaching here. You have great discipleship here. So um, I don't question at all what you're learning. Um, but sometimes it's just good to, to repetitive hear things. Um, remember, the Bible doesn't put anything in it by accident. Sometimes you'll see a random fact and you go, wow, that was a random fact. Not a random fact by accident. So when you see that he was dead for four days, that's not a random fact by accident. That was intentionally put there by God because there's something he wants us to know about that. And so when you see this term, that Lazarus is dead for four days, the reason why is because Jewish tradition believed that if you had been dead for three days, you could still come back. In fact, because medicine was so bad back then, they didn't have technology, they didn't have heart rate monitors, they didn't have EKG, they didn't have the shocky things, they didn't have the AED or the IUD or the PCP or any of that stuff, right? <laughs> I said PCP and about five guys woke up. <laughs> so there were times, and it was, it was 
not uncommon for somebody to be rendered dead and two days later they come walking out of the grave. But they believed after three days that you were dead, dead. How many of you remember Princess Bride? No, he's not dead, dead. He's mostly dead. Why are you all looking at me like I'm crazy? Probably because I am. So they believed after three days you were dead, dead. Um, and they believe that, that at four days, you knew this guy's dead, right? Well, part of the reason why is your body can't survive without water after three days. So you knew by four days, you know, if, what it, if he was kind of alive, he's really dead now. So Lazarus is dead, dead. He's not, he's not mostly dead. He's not dead for three days dead. He's not dead for two days dead, right? Cause why? Because that wouldn't be a miracle. That could be chalked up to circumstance or somebody made a mistake, Lazarus is dead, dead. He's dead. And so Jesus has this conversation. I love it because Martha preaches our sermon for us. He says, go ahead, open up the grave. And this is what Martha says. Lord, King James Version is the best version to read it. He stinketh. He stinketh. Why? Because death stinks. Right? The, the New Living Translation, is, it's a little bit nicer. It, it, says, it says, the smell will be terrible. King James, way better. He stinketh. That's what, that's what Martha tells Jesus. He stinketh. He stinketh. And that's this beautiful thing where Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Dictionary.com defines resurrection as the act of rising from the dead. I want to I paraphrase it just a bit, and I want you to hear the definition uh, a little bit. It's actually a more accurate definition if you look at the Greek word uh, for this word resurrection. Uh, this, the Greek word for this word resurrection means to walk firm or to stand in the presence of. And, and so really... Um, the proper definition of this word resurrection that we celebrate every Easter, this word that Jesus says, I, I am the resurrection and the life. This is the, this is the proper definition. Here's what it is. In the midst of death, I cause life to arise. That's the proper definition of that word resurrection. So here's what Jesus is doing. He's looking out and he's saying, yeah, death stinks. But you can go ahead and go to the second slide. But in the midst of death... I cause life to arise. Hallelujah. Because I don't know about you, I have never been dead dead, but there's a whole lot of other things in me that have been dead. And in the midst of that, Christ calls life out. You ever had a dead dream? You ever killed a brain cell? In the midst of that, Christ causes life to arise. He causes life to arise. He calls it to come forth. In the midst of death, I cause life to arise. So let me ask you a question, and I'm, I'm almost done, so I don't, know, I don't know how to preach very long, so we're doing pretty good. Is that funny? This is why I tell my church, I don't listen long, so I don't preach long. 20 minutes, I've tuned you out, so I know you're all going to tune me out in about 10 more, so we're good. So let me ask you a question. Where do you need Jesus to call forth life? 
Where is it where the enemy has called death, caused death in your life? Where is it where somebody spoke something over you or to you and it might have killed just a little bit of you? Where is it where the doctor said, you've got this and something in you died just a little bit? In the midst of death, Christ causes life to arise. So I I want you to know that we're family. We we are family. And I I talk to my church like we're family. Like we're sitting around the living room and the fireplace is on and, and dad's just having a conversation. It's pretty normal for me to get a little emotional when I preach. Because what I preach is what the Lord's working in me. And somebody defined being a, a preacher like this, it's, it's setting yourself on fire for Jesus and watching you all watch me burn. That's what we do. And so I, I'm preaching from what God is walking me through in my own life. What I'm experiencing, where I'm growing. And, and we sit like family and we just talk. Because faith is a journey. And we're all on it together. And some of us walk faster than others, and that's all right. Some of us are a little further down the road than others, and that's all right. Some of you might be still wondering if you want to step on the road, and that's all right. That's all right. I will tell you, it's the best road you'll ever walk. It's not the easiest road. Nobody amen me on that one. It's not the easiest road to walk, is it? So let's, let's just talk. Maybe you're here tonight and somebody's killed your dream. They spoke negatively against it. Maybe your life just got too crowded. I don't know what it is, but God put a dream in your heart and it's dead. And death stinks. And I believe tonight that God wants to take that death and cause life to arise again. So I'm just going to ask an easy question. If that's you, stand up. We're family. Nobody's judging you. We're all supporting you. But by standing here saying, you know what? I had a dream in my heart. God put a fire in me. And that thing, it's gone now. It's died. And I want the Lord to resurrect it again. Amen. Let's pray for these that are standing. I got two more. You're not off the hook yet. (laughs) Father, in Jesus' name. I thank you for my, my brothers and my sisters. Lord, I thank you that you've established their footsteps. I thank you, Lord, that you have numbered their days and you know every single thing about them because you created them beautifully and perfectly. But Lord, we walk this earth and when we walk this earth, stuff happens. Stuff gets on us, stuff gets said to us, and what happens, Lord, is the enemy creeps in and he begins to speak doubt and fear. He begins to crowd our lives with stuff. And Lord, what happens is is we lose focus of the dream. And now, Lord, in Jesus' name, I pray for these. Awaken the dream again. Awaken the dream again, Lord. Where it's been spoken, death, Lord, expose the lie of the enemy in Jesus' name. And Lord, cause life to arise in the midst of death. Cause life to arise in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. All right. Number two, you can be seated. Thank you. Number two, your spirit's dead. Somebody crushed your spirit. Your spirit's what makes you. And what happens is that somebody tried to force you into a mold that you, that you weren't created to be. You might have tried to force yourself into a mold that you weren't created to be. You might have saw somebody and saw the attention they got and said, I want to be like that person, but it's not what God created you to be. Or you might have started to begin to grow and expand and become the person God wanted to be, and somebody squelched you back. And because of that, you've died. And when I say you've died, you've died. The person that God created you to be is not who you are. And in the midst of death... God causes life to arise. And if that's you, because we're family, I just want you to stand so I can pray for you. Anyone tonight? So Lord, you see your family. You see your sheep, Lord. You see these, Father, that have been set aside and, Lord, maybe ripped apart. Lord, we have no idea the things that have been spoken over to them, but Lord, they are lies And they're from the enemy. And Lord, we know that he that's in us is greater than he that is in the world. Lord, we know that you put a spirit inside of them. Lord, you created them fearfully and wonderfully made. And so, Lord, I pray that the person you created them to be, Lord, let it come out in Jesus' name. Lord, let them begin to walk with pride. Lord, let them stand with courage. Lord, let them face the enemy head on and say, no longer. No longer because I am a child of God. And I am fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. And so, Lord, we cause life to arise. We cause life to arise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We got one more. We good? The guitar's playing. I guess I'm supposed to be done. But we got one more. Last one is this. Some of you are living with things in your body that aren't alive. Whether by our own actions, substances we've abused, tissues, whatever it might be, we live in a broken world. One of the ones that I've dealt with before a lot, and and I really feel like the Lord always kind of encourages me to step out in this, is that... um, because I've, I've watched the pain of this a lot, and that is um, it, your, your womb doesn't have life in it. And there are some who have been told you, you'll never have children because um, they're the damage that's to your, uh, to your womb and to your uh, internal organs. And, and I believe the Lord is bigger than that. And I believe in the midst of death, I'll cause life to arise. I had, a, I had a best friend and that was 16, was institutionalized because he wasted his mind on drugs. He memorized God's word and he pastors an extremely successful and large church today. God restored his mind through memorizing the word of God. But you know what? The doctor said, your brain is dead. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And in the midst of death, I'll cause life to arise. So if your body is dead, whether it's brain cells that aren't functioning right. Maybe the, the, maybe the doctors have said, uh, you have this, this wrong with you. Um, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I know this. I know you can walk out with life tonight. And so if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to stand where you're at tonight.
I'm also going to ask for this particular one, if those around you would just lay a hand on them. Because the Bible says, if anyone's sick among you, then lay your hands on the sick. It'll be the sick will be made well. And so, Father, we come to you humbly and graciously. Lord, I thank you that you said, what kind of a father, if his son asks him for first a fish, he gives him a stone. How much more, then, does your heavenly Father want to give good gifts to those who ask? And so, Lord, on behalf of my brothers and sisters, I'm asking. I'm asking, Lord, for you to restore back to life the things that have died in their bodies. Lord, I'm asking you to restore minds. I'm asking you to restore bodies. I'm asking you to restore hearts. Lord, I'm asking you to restore wombs. Lord, we call upon a merciful God, a good God. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith, the one who says, I will grant you the desires of your heart. Lord, in Jesus' name, life. Life, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you. Now I'm going to hand the service over, but before I do, will you, will you appease me for just a minute? Um, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Now I, I close service the same way every week. And so it's, it's gotten to be when I travel and when I do this, it, it just... It's just the way I do it. You know, is that, is that all right? We're family now. You've all stood. I know you're junk, so we're good. We're family. And don't, don't worry. You're, we have a saying in my house that the only secrets we keep are your secrets. Right? The church has no secrets in terms of books and money and all that. We don't keep, we don't keep secrets, but we keep your secrets. But I was in church this way, and I know I'm sure somebody's going to come up and close this properly. But go ahead and grab the hand of your neighbor, if you would. Bridge the aisles. And we in church this way. Remember this. You didn't just come to church. You're holding hands with the church. This is just a building. We call it a sanctuary. It's a safe place. But this building does nothing to touch, to help people. Does nothing to save people. The church does. You. You're the church. So what we do is we take what we've learned. And we take it to the street. And we let the fruit of the Spirit be active in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And we say, all right, Lord, use me this week to make a difference in those around me. That's the church. So be blessed, church. And live the way God asks you to live. And let's change this world for his kingdom in Jesus' name. Thank you for having me. God bless you guys. Have a great night.